born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. This is the book of Galatians, but the scripture we're going to talk about here in the book of Galatians, look there in your Bible to the book of Galatians in chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. I've spent a lot of time in the last two chapters, mainly because it has to deal with so much clarity concerning our, our warfare. Uh, we're in a war, and uh, there's an enemy that's doing everything it can to stop us from serving the Lord. You see, if, if you can't mess up your gospel, then you're going to try to mess up your motivation for serving the Lord. And if you serve the Lord because you love him, well, that's, that's one thing. But whenever you put somebody under the law, that means love changed to you must do it. And it's a duty to perform. And it strips you of your, your joy, your happiness, and your peace. Because now you've you got to do all those things. I do what I do because I want to. I don't do anything to go to heaven. I've already done that 59 years ago when I trusted Christ as my Savior. But I do want to serve the Lord. And I, I want God's blessings upon my life. And I feel like that's what I've got. The Lord has been good to me, and, uh, and that means that I've never had any problems. No, I've had, a, I've had a few along the way. But here in the book of Galatians in chapter 5, look at verse 16. For I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not have the lust of the flesh. Did I read it right? No. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What it means is that you still have the flesh. And you still have the lust of the flesh. And it's in your body, and therefore you're going to have until you leave this body of yours. So you're going to struggle. You're going to have some wars. And you may want to do right, and you still don't want to do right. You want to honor the Lord, and you don't want to honor the Lord. You want God to have his way, and you want to have yours too. So there's a struggle that goes on between the will of man and the will of God. But then in verse 17, it talks about the flesh lusteth against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. In other words, the desires of both of these are contrary to each other. The flesh got sinful desires. The Holy Spirit that lives within you have only divine desires. And we have this divine nature living inside of us. So that you cannot do the things that you would do without persecution. Because you go back there and you'll see that you are persecuted. See there in verse 29 of chapter 4. But as then... He that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. 
So you may want to do the thing God wants you to do, but you can't do it without persecution. Because he that will live godly shall suffer what? Persecution. The persecution is not always from somebody that's on the outside. It's not always going to be other people. It's not always going to be the devil. Where could it come from then? From the inside. Your own sinful nature is going to persecute you. Because there's a battle and sometimes you want to do the wrong and you want to do the right. And when you want to do right, evil is always present with you. And he tries to rob you of the peace and joy. Have you ever noticed that whenever you get some good news, it seems like somebody comes along with some bad news? It just hardly never fails. And as soon as you, something really happening and it's exciting. And then something seems like it just, you know, wants to drag you down. Well, that's part of the persecution for doing what's right. See, if we would just go ahead and do everything wrong, <laughs> a devil ain't going to fight you to do that. Your sinful nature, well, he's in hog heaven. But the Holy Spirit, remember, he is the Holy Spirit. And it says um, that uh, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. So the Holy Spirit that's with you to give you comfort can also give you discomfort. And that's why um, it works on your mind, your conscience. And so there's the works of the flesh that are mentioned. And look very quickly there in verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not on the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, uh, which are these. In other words, how do you know when you're walking in the flesh? How do you know when you're walking in the Spirit? Well, that's a good question to ask. So if you don't really know, look at the consequences that comes from each one of them. So if you are like there in verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest uh, in the flesh. Y'all are so smart. Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Would that be flesh or the spirit? Well, oh, that's flesh. Hatred. Which one's that? So you can very easily look at this and see which one's controlling your life. And so he says, uh, variance in emulation and wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, and all these things. Uh, these are from the flesh. And these... That are in the flesh, they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It says so in the last part of verse 21. But verse 22. So this is why God says walk in the spirit. So that you can have this. So you'll get out of your life what you really want. If you want to serve the Lord. Well, you can. Nobody can stop you from serving God. They can't do it. So he says in verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit. Now, works of the flesh are something that man brings forth. Fruit of the spirit is something that comes forth from God. So there's two different natures, and there's two different sources, and there's two different results. And so the works of the flesh are from the flesh, and there's a fruit of the Spirit, which is something that grows because it's alive. It comes from a living individual, which comes from the Holy Spirit. And so you would think if you had the works of the flesh, if you could do one of those, you could do all of those in the flesh, right? Everything's mentioned in the flesh. Can a Christian commit every one of those things in the flesh? If you walk in the flesh, that's what you can do. But if you walk in the spirit, then you can have all of these. And generally, if you get one, you can get all of them because they all come under the umbrella of the word love. So you notice in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, faith, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. See, there's no law against bringing forth the fruit of the spirit. Is there a law against bringing forth the works of the flesh? Yes. So when you walk in the flesh, means you place yourself back under the law, and God's going to have to, well, spank you, deal with you, uh, chasing you maybe, take you home ahead of time. 
There's all kind of things. So when a person does walk in the flesh, and you're walking in the spirit in obedience to God, what are we supposed to do with those who walk in the flesh? Look in chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, talking to the believers, if a man be overtaken in a fault, that means he's walking in the spirit or flesh. That would be flesh. Overtaken in a fault. Ye which are spiritual, that would be those that are walking in the, the spirit. Can you see that? Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted to walk in the flesh. So, you see, there's a, there's a battle that goes on inside of our, our lives. But in verse 24 of chapter 5, he says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Now, this doesn't happen, you know, every day you've got to do this, but that's part of what Paul says, I die daily. And you can mentally say, I crucify my flesh. But in the reality, this is in God's sight happened when you trusted Christ as Savior. So if you're in Christ, when you trust the Lord, then your flesh has already been crucified. And you're supposed to remember, I died on that cross in this body. I paid for all my sins that I've done since I've been in this body. And I died and I was buried and I came back from the dead. So I've already paid my debt to the law. And I don't have the old body anymore and I don't have the flesh. And everything's going to be wonderful. Well, that's how you're supposed to look at it. I'm supposed to live like my old flesh has already been crucified. and Therefore, I don't have to satisfy all my fleshly desires. But in our own reality, we know that we didn't really die. Christ died in my place. But I still got this old body. And I still got this old sinful nature. And I got to live with it. But God wants me to have victory over the flesh. And that's why he says here in verse 21, if we live in the spirit, and that's where we're placed, we're placed in the spirit. So if you're in the spirit, live like you are where you have been placed. Abide where God has placed you. You see, you are in the flesh, your new position in the spirit. Now live there and walk there and uh, try to see yourself. I'm a child of God. He's my father. And I want to walk and talk. Like I'm a child of God. Now, nobody can do that for you. That is an individual thing. So he says there in verse 26, Let us not be desirous of vain glory. Vain glory, would that be spirit or flesh? Hmm? That'd be flesh. Provoking one another. Evidently, some of these uh, Galatian Christians have begun to provoke one another, envying one another. What um, What does pride cause a person to do? To do exactly this. Well, where does pride come from? Spirit, flesh. See, as you study the Bible and you begin to look at your life, you can find out where, where am I walking? And you might deceive yourself. So easy to be deceived. Well, I, I'm going to church. And you can sit in church. Well, I, the pastor's up here talking about holy things. And you could be thinking about people you despise. People you envy. People you're jealous of. And, uh, like, I had people tell me something. I love the Lord, but it's people I can't stand. Or I'll never forgive him if it's the last thing I do. Which it probably be the last thing they do. But there's people who just get in that frame of mind. So unforgiveness, does that come from flesh, spirit? See, 
when you think about this thing, you can learn how to discern for yourself. And it will help you. Now let's look at our notes after those opening remarks. Flesh, not the body, but the sin nature, also called the old man. Now the body we have is a tool. And um, that's why we should be able to use this body. God told us to. And uh, it's a body that I give. Now, I can say, I live in the flesh. Now, you may wonder, would you explain that? Well, I mean, I live in my body. Oh, that's good. But if I say I live after the flesh, is that different? Then I'm living after my old sinful nature. See, you're in the spirit, but you may walk after the flesh. But if you're in the flesh, then you'll walk after the flesh. That's explained in the book of Romans in chapter 8, believe it or not. But anyway, look at number two there. The spirit, not the human spirit, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within us. And he says he'll never leave us and never forsake us. He is just like having Jesus Christ live with us every step of the way. So every moment of my life since I've trusted Christ as my Savior, almost 59 years ago, the Holy Spirit is God living within me. And he's supposed to teach me and lead me and guide me. Now, how does the Holy Spirit teach me and lead me and guide me? How does he do that? He appears in my bedpost, and he whispers things. Yankee. Is that what he does? No. How does the Holy Spirit talk to me then? Through the Word. So the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. So when you read the Bible, you allow the Holy Spirit to teach you what he says, and he'll lead you according to his Word. Now, the Holy Spirit is always leading you. The Holy Spirit doesn't take a rest. He doesn't take breaks. And neither does he go to bed at 11 o'clock at camp. I have to tell the kids that so they'll go to bed. Because they want to stay up past 11 o'clock and have Christian fellowship. And I said, the Holy Spirit went to bed at 11. <laughs> so you go to bed. And, of course, they, they know I'm joking with them. But number three, the body is a neutral vessel that both sin nature and Holy Spirit seek to use will die because it was corrupted at the fall and will not inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Corruption, body, cannot inherit incorruption. So the body that I have cannot live forever unless God changes the body. Because you cannot change your body. You cannot make your body incorruptible. If you could, you could keep it from aging. I'd like to do that. No, I just said, let, let it die and get me my new one. <laughs> I'm getting to where I got too many repairs on this one. You ever have a car, it seems like it runs good, but it starts breaking down so you made the last payment? Have you ever noticed that? Once you made the last payment, now I can finally put some money aside. And then, boom, something happens to it. Yeah, tell me about it. All right, look at number four there. The kingdom of God, I believe, requires the new birth. Now, in the book of John in chapter 3, it makes this statement. Nicodemus, when he said to Jesus, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus said unto him, you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of God. And in the next verse 5, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless you've been born again. So the kingdom of God, I believe, is a spiritual realm. And so, when Christ was here, he says, the kingdom of God is within you. Doesn't mean those Pharisees had it, but it's here, and it's within the person. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you entered into that spiritual realm. You're a child of God. Now, 
The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom that God's going to set up upon the earth. So there's a difference, I believe, in the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Now, we have Tampa, Florida. So we can live in Tampa. And Tampa is in Florida, right? So if we live in Tampa, well, we're, we're living in Florida. But can people live in Florida and not be in Tampa? Yes. So there can be many people in the kingdom of God... But not everybody is going to be in the kingdom. Now, this is why once you trust in Christ as Savior, you are a child of God. And the people of God, yes, we're going to go into the kingdom. Now, get this. I got a verse I want you to look at. Look in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. 2 Corinthians and chapter 5. There's a verse that's used here. And I, I believe it's, it's mainly it's misused only because there's people who think, well... When you really get saved, if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do all these bad things anymore. Man, I, I wish that was true. But I still find out I got an old sinful nature. I still have a desire to do wrong. You, you didn't know that? I know. Y'all thought I was way up there, didn't you? I, I know you did. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, look what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be where? In Christ. Now, that's a new position. Everybody's not in Christ. That is, you're in this world and you're in this flesh, but you're not in Christ till you do one thing. You have to trust Christ as your Savior. So when he's talking about any man who is in Christ, now that means a different position. You are in Christ. Look what he says. In verse 17, he is a new creature or new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so the other makes it. That means all of your old sinful habits and all that, that, that's all gone. Now all you want to do is just please the Lord and serve God. And so it's easy to see, well, if that's what it means, well, if you haven't given up all of your old ways and you haven't changed your life to where all you desire is the things of God, you must not have been saved. So he can teach you to question your salvation if you take that interpretation. But what if it doesn't mean that? What if it means that you were a child of the flesh, but now when you trust Christ as Savior, you're now a child of God? This old condition is passed away. Your old position, you're not there anymore. You're in a new position. You're now a child of God. You're in the Spirit, and this is how God now sees you as His child. And this here is no longer considered by God. Because you're now considered a child of God, and you are going to heaven, and you have a, a new birth. So it's separated. Now, you take the other position, then it opens up a can of worms, and you've got to try to explain, okay, old things are passed away. If it means I don't have any desires to do anything wrong anymore. Okay, now, what would you think if you did have desires to do something wrong anymore? You must not really got saved. Or I've lost my salvation. Well, I don't want to go to church. That means you're not saved. No. See, it, does. See, it twisted everything. So you take salvation verses always have to be simple and clear. You're saved by grace. And then when you talk about something else that seems to say, maybe there's got to be another explanation for it. And, of course, there is. Take your Bible and look there in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Turn to your right to the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. Now, I would suggest you write these verses down on your notes because not all of these verses are on your notes, but I believe that they also help 
and your understanding. See there in Ephesians in chapter 4, look in verse 22. Verse 22. He's talking to those who are trusted Christ as Savior. And then he says here, verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former behavior or manner of life, the old man. The old man. You ought to underline that in your Bible because what would that refer to? Is he talking about your old man? You know, your dad? No. And I don't think that's very respectful to call him my old man. A lot of people do. I just think it's disrespectful. Or my old lady. And I don't think that's honoring. I think you ought to have more respect than that. But anyway. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now, the old man, if this is written to the church, written to the people there in Ephesus, and he's talking to them about their walk with the Lord, because it starts off there in verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, you know, talks about beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. Talking about your walk with the Lord. Well, if you want to walk with the Lord, you have to set this old man aside and not fulfill his desires. He got him. And fulfill the desires of the new man. Well, where's the new man at? Oh, look at this in verse 23. Be ye renewed in the spirit of your what? Your mind. So here's my mind. I got a mind. And I can yield it to the flesh. But God wants me to take his word and renew my mind and put God's word up there. So I can think about what God's word has to say and use this body as the vehicle to fulfill the word of God that's been put into my mind. So I've got to study the word of God to put God's word up there so I can think about what God wants me to do. Because your actions are a byproduct of the way that you think. And you think differently when you study the word of God. So you had to study sound words that come from sound doctrine and that give you a sound mind. And so he says here in verse 24, and that ye put on the, which one? New man. So is there two natures here? An old man, new man. See, I didn't make this up. This is in the Bible. So you look in verse 24. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's your second birth. That's why it's created by God. And God gave you a new birth. Born of God without a sinful nature. And that's why it's, it's righteous. It's perfect. It's holy. It's true. It's all the things that it's supposed to be. But the old man, see the last part of it, is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And that's why you have these lust desires, but they're desires to deceive. And if you fulfill the desires, I'll be happy. No, it deceived you. Because it lets you think you can do things against God's will and get away with it. And there's no price to pay. No, hell no. You can't go there. That's been taken care of. But, yes, and as far as your life goes, there's a lot of damage that can be done in your life. And so you need to be careful. All right, look at the next statement. Under letter A, a little small letter A there, and I put it in bold. And your standing in the flesh has been changed to your new position in Christ. You got that? Everybody here understand this? So number two here talks about the war. So there is a war between the old man... And the new man. And where does this old man and new man live? Well, they live in the same house. Well, where's this house? That's your body. It lives inside of you. That's why you struggle at times. And so the old man wants to discourage you, wants to defeat you, and he's always got bad news. 
And he always wants to pull you down and destroy you. And he wants to think you can be happy without serving God and you can have so much more peace and joy and all this stuff. But he's lying. Remember, it's the deceitful lust, desires that are deceiving you. And so you've got to be wise. So now, number two, where we have the war, the sin nature, the flesh, and the spirit are contrary to each other. Paul's conflict is seen by what he wants to do but doesn't do. And then I wrote the words out from that, without persecution. Because you want to do it and you don't want to do it. And you can try to go ahead and do it, but you can't do it without that flesh persecuting you. And have you ever made the right decisions and then later you even wish you hadn't made that decision? You can do it. Because he'll say, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. And it's always bad-mouthing you. You see, your enemy is not outside of you. Your enemy is not inside of you. It's your flesh, your old sinful nature. Isn't it amazing how many people we like to blame for what we do? And it wasn't them at all. Because how you respond to what people say and do is your choice. See, for example, I'm going to tell the funniest joke I have ever told in church. Okay? I'm ready to go. I'm going to tell the funniest joke I have ever told in church. Are you ready? All right, now pretend I just did it. And um, look how many of you are laughing and I haven't even told the joke. Every person in here got a smile on their face, and I never even told the joke. See, I didn't make you laugh. You decided to do it. And I could say some other things and make you mad at me. But see, whether you're mad, happy, sad, whatever, is your choice. You see, well, they offended me. Well, you're the one that decided whether you were going to get offended or not. Have you noticed all these people on the news, they're so easily offended. Well, get over it. That's your fault. I'm not going to go through lifetime. I'm not going to offend. I'm not going to offend. I'm not going to offend. Try being a preacher and preach the truth. Well, it'd be great if everybody loved the truth, but truth is offensive. The preaching of the gospel offends people. Just by the fact you love the Lord and you want to serve the Lord offends people. Because just because of you doing right, Make somebody else feel bad because you're just trying to put them down. You just think you're a holy Joe. You think you're better than me. Oh, well, then I won't do it then. And you're, well, I don't want to offend anybody. I really don't care if I offend everybody. You've got a problem, deal with it. Now, it's not that I don't care. Yes, I do care. But I am not going to govern my whole life because, well, then I did that hurt their feelings or that hurt their feelings. I can't be controlling people's feelings. I can tell the truth the sweetest way I possibly can under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and still offend everybody. How do you know that? You ever heard of somebody named Jesus Christ? Did he offend anybody? And he says, does this offend you? Read chapter 6 of the Gospel of John. And a multitude of people went walked away. Why? Because he offended them. But did he tell them the truth? Oh, yeah. Well... Was he wrong for telling them the truth? It was them because they didn't want to hear the truth or obey the truth. And so you got people like that all the time. Now, look at the next statement. Let her be there in that small. The sin nature is in constant rebellion. Now, get this. This is so important. The sin nature is in constant rebellion against the new man through the old man. In other words, through the old man, he wants to destroy the new man. There's a battle that goes on. It's not... The new man that picks the fight. 
It's the old man. The sinful nature in you always wants to start to fight. But anyway, letter C, walk in the spirit to overcome the lust of the flesh. When you walk in the spirit, there's a few things that are positive. Because the Christian life is not a life of just uh, look at all the things that I don't do. No, but are you doing what God said to do? See, there's a sin of commission and sins of omission. You may not do some of the things you're not supposed to do, but are you doing the thing God told you to do? And that's also very important. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book. Or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.